This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So, um, <clears throat> lots going on in the world of disclosures and corporations and pass-through entities. We've got proposals. We had a bill passed in January. So to make sense of what's kind of happening in the world today when it comes to asset protection in general and disclosures, all that, we have uh, my good friend, Garrett Sutton, uh, another one of the Rich Dad Advisors like myself. We, uh, we get together every Thursday to talk about whatever we're going to talk about with Robert Kiyosaki and Kim Kiyosaki and the other Rich Dad Advisors. So Garrett, always good to have you on our show. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. So uh, if you would, just give them a little bit about your background so that those, I think most people will know you from this show, but those who don't know who you are. Well, my name is Garrett Sutton. I'm a, an attorney here in Reno, Nevada. You've got the state of Nevada behind me. And uh, I've written books in the Rich Dad Advisor series, uh, Start Your Own Corporation, Loopholes of Real Estate. And I've been involved with Robert Kiyosaki and the team for 20 years and have traveled the world with Robert and the Rich Dad Advisor team and Tom uh, talking about financial education. And it's, it's something that people around the world are grasping for. They don't teach it in school, not only in the United States, but they don't teach it in other countries as well. So we've had a great time going around the world, talking about financial education, how to protect yourself, how to take advantage of the tax code, like Tom knows inside and out. And so uh, it's just, it's great to be with you here to, today, Tom, and, and with your audience. No, I, I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, CPAs, uh, <laughs> I, I always tease them now with what, what you tease me with, you know, the CPA stands for cannot protect assets. Which is um, true. The other thing, by the way, you may not know is that CPA, CPA also stands for cheapest people in America. So, <laughs> which, is at some point. which actually probably, probably ties in, which is why CPAs tend not to form form corporations because it costs money, right? And they, uh, they, they, they don't want to spend the money. So we've had some, we've got some developments here, which are really big, in, in essence, big government getting more and more into what's going on in your personal life. And uh, we had this law passed in January, and, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. And then what I want to do, because there's some requirements, and I think as CPAs, while we're not the attorneys, and we're not technically responsible for this. We're, our, we're the most trusted advisor financially for our clients. And so we really do need to understand that this is there because what happens when they don't know and their attorneys don't know, you know, it's really up to us when we're doing tax planning to consider asset protection in it, to consider these other reporting obligations that, that maybe our attorneys have, but our clients don't know about. So Garrett, tell us about this new law in January. And then I want to talk about, I actually want to talk about the proposals, Biden's proposals, and maybe even a little bit about the, this proposal to dip into your um, bank account. So, so well, Tom, the Corporate Transparency Act, the CTA was passed January 1st, uh, 1st, 2021. And you know, it just hasn't received that much attention. Uh, it, it requires that you provide uh, the U.S. Treasury with certain information about who the beneficial owners are of your company. And right now, they're promulgating the regulations. So we don't know 
what the regs say quite yet, but they have to be passed by January 1st, 2022. And within a year or so, they're going to require every existing and every newly formed corporation LLC limited partnership with a few exceptions to provide this information uh, to the central database. Uh, it's called the uh, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN. And as that tells you, the, the reason they're doing this is, you know, they... they the, so, ba so basically, Garrett, this is FinCEN is who regulates our bank accounts overseas, right? So we we do these reportings right now. This actually becomes even more important for CPAs because guess what, folks? We are probably the ones that are going to be doing the reporting here. We're already doing this for bank accounts overseas, right? right. We, we have to report any bank accounts overseas. This is actually fairly similar to that, and and but maybe even more so, right? So sorry, well, I just I want mean, to explain that this is something we're probably going to be responsible for. Well, and listen to who they want you to send it to, the Financial Crimes Network, right? So they're thinking that they're trying to uh, stop money laundering. They're trying to stop people misusing corporation. That was the intent of the whole act is these elite groups got there, you know, in front of the Congress and said people are misusing these entities. So we need a mechanism to find out who owns the entities. And so there are a few exceptions. The, the main one is if you have a company that has 20 or more full-time employees, sales of over $5 million and an operating presence in the United States, you may be exempt from that. But anybody who falls under those thresholds, most small business. So, so this, is actually, this is actually requiring reporting only for small business. Right. Wow. Right. And so what do they want? Well, they want your full legal name, your date of birth, uh, your residential or business street address, not a PO box, and your driver's license or US passport number. Uh, they want a unique identifying information. And they really wanna find out who the beneficial owners of these companies are. So a beneficial owner right now under the regs here are people who either own or control 25% of the entity or exercise substantial control. And so, you know, they wanna find out who owns every single small business entity. If you invest in real estate, if you have an LLC to hold a brokerage account, whatever, you're gonna to have to file this form every year. And then of course, the criticism of this is it's just a lot of extra work for every single oh LLC owner in the country. But well, they, those objections were overcome by the need to have this information to prevent money laundering or whatever else. They're okay, so on top of this, Garrett, so let me get this right. We set up a holding company in Wyoming and that holding company owns an LLC in Arizona and an LLC in Georgia and an LLC in um, Texas, then each one of those LLCs is going to have to provide information. Right now with the Wyoming LLC, right, that's private information. Nobody knows. So now all of that's going to be made public. Here's my next question though, Garrett. So will FinCEN be sharing this with the IRS or will the IRS automatically know it because it's going to be filed with your tax return? Well, this information can be provided a, a request from a federal national security or intelligence group. 
uh, certain law enforcement agencies overseas, uh, a, a request from a financial institution or any regulatory agency. So yes, the IRS will be able to get at this information. So, so, so Mr. Reddick, uh, IRS commissioner is gonna be really happy to know this stuff because he's been targeting partnerships and uh, investment companies for, um, for the last couple of years. And there's obviously read a lot of rhetoric in that. And that, so that um, will be for um, years beginning in 2022? We're not quite sure yet. It's either 2022 or 2023. Okay. So they might push it off. Now they might push it off a year. There, there's been the, in the in the Biden proposal, one of the proposals is um, that banks will have to report all cash trend, all not not of cash, but all all cash coming in and going out of every bank account. Okay. So yeah. that basically the IRS has access to do a what what we'd call a um, a cash audit of every single person and company, and you'll have to justify why any money that comes in isn't taxable. So let's say, for example, Gary, you have your business, you have your business um, account and you have your personal account. And you put money into your business account because it needs some investment capital, right? right? Right. You'll not, under this proposal, you would have to justify that that's not income to the business. Yeah, where does it end, Tom? You know, the penalties, if you don't file this uh, FinCEN form, uh, are $10,000 and or two years in prison. So, you know, it's, it's pretty serious. Uh, they want everybody filing this form. And, and it's kind of funny, uh, when they passed the act, Tom, they said, you know, we are going to guarantee that no one will be able to hack this account. FinCEN will be free from any possible attack. This was the same week of the solar winds hack. Oh my heavens. <laughs> so they're telling us on one hand, this will never happen. And on the, in the same week, it happened. Uh, a major hack of uh, government agencies. So oh, yeah, you know, this information, I don't think you can feel like your, your information is secure these days. No, it's a... It's a... <laughs> Well, you know, Russia's made an entire industry, hacking industry, right, um, to hack into uh, uh, the U.S. Um, so can we, if we can, I know that it's not law yet, but let's shift a little bit to the Biden tax proposals because the Biden tax proposals, I think, impact the asset protection. So let me give you one. So we've all heard about the capital gains proposal, right? We both got the capital gains at death, right? You die, you pay capital gains. Um, if you're alive and you sell your assets and you're over a million dollars of income, you pay capital gains rate at ordinary income levels, right? We know all that. Here's what most people probably don't know, Garrett, um, and that, and probably even most attorneys don't know this, and that is that if you transfer assets, that's subject to capital gain. So for example, so right now, um, you know, we work a lot together with our, our common clients and we'll set up again, let's take this holding company in Wyoming we're talking about, right? And we actually put, so we buy the real estate because typically you, you, you might buy the real estate outside of the LLC, yeah. right? Now we actually put it into this holding company and let's say we've got two owners, so it's a partnership. So 
Under this proposal, that's a taxable transaction. So here's my question. Let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Let's, heaven forbid, let's say something like this passes. And so your only choices to protect your assets without taxation are an LLC taxed as a corporation, an S corporation or a C corporation, that if you have it taxed as a partnership, then it's gonna be taxable. What do you do from an asset protection standpoint? Um, because does that not, I mean, that could make the asset protection cost prohibitive, right? I mean, kind of like Tennessee. Exactly. I, I, and first of all, I, I can't understand the rationale for this rule. Uh, and I've got to believe that uh, people would stand up to it, but who knows? So let's say that the only way you can get asset protection is to take title in the name of an S corporation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. without paying tax, yes. Without paying tax. So you would use a Nevada corporation. Nevada is the only state that provides the charging order asset protection to corporate shares. Um, so we do have that little wrinkle there. But, you know, then when you want to uh, uh, refinance the property, you pull it out of an S corp, that's a taxable event. And with an LLC, it's not. And so I, what's, the, what's the point of this? Well, there's, um, a lot, there's a lot of punishment of small business. I mean, I have my own feeling. I, I think this is very much a big company, big corporate uh, grab. Um, I, I think all of these proposals are, I, I think there's a lot of money from big corporations going into the administration and the, the people who are proposing these things because they're the ones who benefit, right? I mean, if you have to have a fire sale of a business, who's going to buy that? It's going to be the big company, right? Right. Um, so I think that there is a lot of that. But it's, you know, I go back to, we talk a lot about the cash flow quadrant, right? The way, the four ways you earn money, employ, small business, big business, and um, professional investor. And it seems to me like, um, you know, what Robert constantly drills into us, which is you want to be in the B and the I side, right? That maybe what we're going to have to do is just think that way and actually look at rather than have personal credit, um, available, build corporate credit instead of having, you know, instead of uh, selling it and getting capital gains at low tax rates, maybe what we have to do is, 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 is build a bigger business and then do an initial public offering because that's not taxable, right? right. So right. maybe we're just going to have to rethink, um, you know, really, it'll, it, I may actually force us, Robert might be happy with this. It might actually force us even more so into that being the I side. Well, that's a good point, Tom. And there's always going to be a CPA, an attorney like the two of us that are going to figure out ways around it or, or you know, ways to make it work subject to the new regime. Uh, but I just to, to have to spend that time and energy and, and affect the way people invest. We, you know, the, the, the way the system works right now, it does encourage people to start out and invest in a, in a duplex and continue to invest and to provide housing. Part of the reason for these tax advantages for real estate is so that the government doesn't have to provide the housing. We want the private investor to provide the housing. And now you're gonna take away that advantage so that big companies can provide the housing, which they're not as good as the small investor. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Now, now you've got BlackRock doing it, right? You, I mean, you've got the big, 
the, the big uh, conglomerates doing it instead of the small investor. And basically you're kicking out the small investor. Right. I mean, that's what getting rid of 10, 30, section 1031, right? You, you, you limit it at 500,000 or a million dollars. I mean, you're basically eliminating most small investments um, by doing that. And so who does it? The big companies, right? So it, it's really an interesting policy shift uh, from my perspective. Well, I just, uh, I'm thinking the Boston Tea Party here. I mean, I, I, you know, this, is, this is like the East India Company taking over our economy like they tried to during the Revolutionary War. Uh, so who knows how this plays out? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But I, I think, you know, you make a good point that, you know, there's always going to be some smart attorney, some smart accountant who figures out how to deal with this. It's like when I remember when um, AOC proposed uh, a while back that 75% tax and Robert's response was, well, what she doesn't understand is the rich don't pay tax. And so there's, you know, even if you look in these proposals, for example, the solar energy credits are so big in this bill that you just have to shift your investment strategy, right? So I think that's the point to remember is that we, we've got to get the education so that because our clients are depending on us, right? Now, the other good news, Garrett, I don't know if you know this, is that these proposals, with the exception of the capital gains increase, um, but all of these other proposals, including the gift tax and the estate tax, all that kind of stuff, they don't happen until next year. So that means we got a window of opportunity. I got to believe that your friends who are all estate planners, I've got to be slammed right now um, what, for people planning. Tom, I'm hearing it from my clients too. You know, they're saying, we know something's coming out of Washington. I know that I'm going to have to transfer assets this year. And they're getting ready for it. So, um, and, and that's prudent. You know, everybody who has that's assets. The thing to do. I, I think if as uh, professionals, if we're not doing this planning, I think we're really um, doing a disservice to our clients. I, I think, you know, working um, like we do the, with the attorney and the accountant together to develop these strategies, I think we've got this short window of opportunity, right? We got six, seven months to do this. The good news is you don't have to sign the bottom line until December 31st. You can do all the planning and if it doesn't happen, great, don't sign it, but at least do the planning. Well, and but a thing for your clients and CPAs to know is, you know, these um, appraisers who have to do appraisals on these properties are going to get swamped. And right. if you're thinking of doing some gifting this year, I'll line up that appraisal or, or appraiser right now, because uh, the guys I know, they're starting to get busy. And, and you can imagine by the end of the year, you may not be able to get an appraisal. No, I agree. Between the appraisers and the estate planning attorneys and drafting all the trust documents. Um, by the way, you, I don't know if you know this, but except for a, a, a completely revocable trust, you transfer your property into a trust, that's a taxable event under this proposal. So, um, you know, it's, it's not just a gift taxable event. It's an income taxable event if right. you transfer it un under this proposal. So we'd better be ready. I think that's the lesson here. Yep, yep. And, and I, appreciate, I appreciate the update on uh, one more form for us to file with, our ta with the tax returns because I, I absolutely know that our clients are gonna expect us to, to file that form. I don't think they're gonna be going to you, Garrett, and saying, Garrett, would you file this form? I think they're gonna be going to the accountant because I think it's gonna be part 
included with the tax return and you're going to have to file it as part of the tax return, just like we did with the foreign accounts. Well, and you're right. At this point, it's a guess. We don't have the regulations. So, uh, but if it is part of the tax filing, I mean, it certainly makes sense for, for the CPAs to, to do it every year. It, you know, there's only a $10,000 two year in prison penalty. So um, <laughs> we, we need For to everyone. take care of this somehow. For everyone and every single yeah. one of our clients has multiple LLC. So right. you're talking about an enormous amount of filing. Correct. Enormous amount. So it is the um, Accountant and Attorney Full Employment Act. So we love that uh, part of it, though not really because we don't really want to increase compliance for our clients. Uh, okay, so I promised uh, Garrett that we would talk about Section 181. So uh, Garrett just, Garrett is an aspiring film producer. So we want to talk about, uh, I, I promised him we'd talk a little bit about this section, which actually has some great benefits to it. It does, Tom. I've really, I was never really aware of section 181 and I'm working with a director. We've picked out the screenplay. We're raising the money. And, you know, with, with section 181, you can deduct the expense of the film in the first year if you film it in Georgia, there's a 30% tax credit. So you put in $100,000. The state of Georgia gives you $30,000 back. That's a refundable credit? Yeah. And so you put up $100,000. You get, you get to depre- you, you know, write it off in the year of filming. You get $30,000 back from the state of Georgia. So if you're in a 30% tax bracket, you get 60% back and you roll the dice on 40%. So it, it's really a neat uh, you know, proposal or a neat uh, way to get the movies made. And we're doing a straight G movie. They don't make these kind of G movies anymore. We're, we're going straight for the families. And it should be a very enjoyable and, uh, you know, it's going to be a great learning experience to do a, a $5 million budget movie. That, that, that's awesome, Garrett. So thanks for reminding us that there are section of the internal revenue code we don't always think about that some of our clients you never know it could be a client who's an attorney who happens to you know always have wanted to do a film so you never know who wants to do this stuff so we need to keep that in mind because um you know the more we can educate our clients the the more we can give them this information ahead of time and make sure that we always connect with the attorney Right. Let's not be let's not be saying, well, that's a legal issue. That's a, that's a problem for the attorney. Um, it is, you know, we are we are that primary advisor. So we need to make sure that we're communicating with the attorney, like uh, Garrett's office does with our offices all the time. And what happens is the 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 clients just they become more engaged. They, you know, they're more willing to pay, pay the fees. They, they don't complain. They're happy and they just become such better clients. Um, and we all know that when we have better clients, then we, by definition, have a better practice. And we all know that we spend so much time at our practice that we'd better have a better practice. We're going to have a better life. So um, that's, what, that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, very quickly, how do we get to you? Uh, our uh, company, Corporate Direct, uh, you can go to corporatedirect.com. Uh, we also offer a free 15-minute phone consultation with clients if they want to see what we can do in terms of setting up and maintaining, very important, maintaining corporations and LLCs. You can go to corporatedirect.com or 800-600-1760 uh, is our phone number. So I thank you for that, Tom. Awesome. Thanks, Garrett. And we'll see everybody next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Wealthability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. 
To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>